Bobby and I are super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. I love the look and comfort of my new Oakley glasses. The lenses are like nothing I've ever experienced with their prism lens technology. These lenses protect my sun-sensitive blue eyes, but somehow also make colors even more vibrant and details even more clear. And let me tell you, Oakleys, they are popular in my household as both my sons argue over who gets to borrow my glasses. They both play outdoor sports and they know Oakley is the best for training. Plus, I think they want to look a little bit like Lamar Jackson, who is also sponsored by Oakley. Now, my personal favorite pair is from the HSTN collection. I've literally been wearing mine every day since I got them. So let me tell you what you should do. Head on over to oakley.com right now and get yourself a pair of glasses that will change your look for the better. But don't just trust me. Try them for yourself. Go to oakley.com for more information today. Well, partner, we blinked and now the month of June is coming to a close. So this is our final episode of the month of June. We're under a month away from the start of Ravens training camp. So here we go. Welcome into the vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, joined as always by my co-host, Sarah Ellison. And before we dive into this episode, we wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting both of us, both of you know the channel, the audio only podcast that we do, everything that we do on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. And we just wanted to show our appreciation. So shout out Kurt Pfeiffer, shout out Jamison Helfrick. We appreciate both of you guys. And if you are out there are interested in supporting us as well, and you want to check out what we're offering, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. Okay. The Athletics Jeff Zarebeck, as you've probably already heard since we've teased him and our interview coming up next week multiple times already, uh, has given us tons of information. We have a 50-plus minute conversation coming up next week. It'll be released after July 4th, so be on the lookout for that. But Sarah, there were so many different avenues that we felt like we could take after catching up with Jeff that we wanted to do so again today um, with J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, so obviously that's probably between J.K. and and Kevin Zeitler. It sounds like those two are looking for new contracts. And um, while we know that they're looking for new contracts, we J.K. didn't quite, you know, confirm with uh, WJZ that he held out or held in. I should say he didn't confirm that he held in because of the contract, but. Ian Rappaport told us that that is indeed what was going on. And so what I wanted to ask Jeff is, what exactly is J.K. Dobbins looking for? We know he wants a new contract, but what really, what's the number he's asking for that maybe he's not getting back from the Ravens? Without any question, he there's been source of frustration with him on a couple things. That he was on the field in the preseason when he tore his ACL. Some of the decision not to get the ball in certain spots. Um, not, you know, what is his, I think it's 18 carries is his career high in a game. And that's only once. And not getting the ball. He feels like he's being held back. And, um, you know, there was some difference of opinion with the injury last year and, and getting the, the scope uh, where he eventually came back from. So I think all that stuff's building. And, and then you throw that with his contract situation 
um, this year, kind of being a lame duck guy, you know, their number two and number three running back making more money than him. And, and that just kind of all added to it. I, I don't want to speak for J.K. Dobbins. I, I do think the Ravens would be willing to talk about kind of a short-term deal, right? Um, I don't think, you know, but I don't blame the Ravens here. I, I think you, you still need to see where he is. Uh, last year, he didn't look hell. I mean, J.K. was the first to admit he didn't have that final gear that he's going to need to have to, you know, J.K. Dobbins, a healthy J.K. Dobbins wouldn't have gotten caught from behind like he did a couple times last year. It was understandable. I mean, he played his butt off. He played hard. He broke tackles. Uh, you know, you know, even some, you know, you look at, you know, the one catch he made in the flat against the Bengals in the playoff game and what he turned that into. He played so hard, uh, but he just wasn't 100 percent. He did, you know, and I don't blame the Ravens for wanting to see more before they you know, invest. It's not the Ravens' fault, really, what the running back market has become. And as we've touched on in recent days, right, like the the running back market has become, and actually, we we we're going to be talking about this in next week's mailbag. You know, the running back market, just like it's okay, you can't hold the candle to the wide receiver market, obviously, but it's it's in flux and so it puts the ravens in a difficult situation monetarily speaking knowing and this is kind of what jeff was getting at knowing some of the injury history that's come with with jk over the last couple of years well when when one position when you have a salary cap and there's one position that is growing in terms of taking up the salary cap if it's growing faster than what the salary cap is growing then another position is going to suffer and quarterbacks and wide receivers have been growing through the roof. So there's, there's bound to be another, another position to suffer and running back is, is one of them. Uh, Bobby, before, do I need to get into the, can I get into these numbers now about Gus Edwards and justice Hill, or did you have one more uh, soundbite you wanted to get to before I jump into all that? We, we do have one more clip of, of Jeff, but I think it's just a separate part of the conversation, kind of comparing J.K.'s situation to Patrick Queen. So so why oh, don't we go okay. there first, and then we'll go to Jeff's after you, you bring these numbers forward. Okay, so he said it had never it – didn't, it didn't occur to me that one of the things that might be frustrating J.K. Dobbins was that – Gus Edwards and Justice Hill was making more than him. I thought it was just more like he was ready to get paid early and wanted to be like a top paid running back. Um, So I went in and I was like, okay, well, if, and then Jeff said he thinks that the Ravens would be willing to look at a short-term deal. So if JK Dobbins is dead set on getting a deal right now, I, it would have to be in the Gus Edwards range, in my opinion. So Gus Edwards, when he signed his deal, it was two years versus for nine million. So it was an average salary of four point five million. Okay, so that's where he's at. He also brought up Justice Hill, obviously not as productive as as Gus Edwards does a lot more special teams. He signed a two year deal worth four point five. So Justice Hill has an annual average of two point two five million per year. So he's basically half of what Gus Edwards makes. Now, J.K. Dobbins, uh, obviously on a rookie deal, drafted in the second round. So it's not like, so this is a rookie slot. This has nothing to do whether you're a running back or some other position. This has to do with his slot position of when he was drafted. I believe he was in the 40s, I believe, early 40s. Um, 
His average annual salary is 1.4 million. So that is, I don't know, about 800,000 less than, than Justice Hill. So now Hill, because he just re-signed, he is also getting a signing bonus. So Hill is actually going to get a little over 2 million this year, whereas Dobbins will get about 1.3 million this year. Okay. So if you're looking at production, all that kind of stuff, yeah, you could certainly argue J.K. Dobbins deserves more than Justice Hill. But you have to remember, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, Gus Edwards was an undrafted rookie. So he went through his whole rookie contract at yeah. far less than J.K. Dobbins. And Justice Hill, he went through his rookie deal, and he was drafted later than Dobbins. So he was making less when he was a rookie. So, you know... Does Dobbins have a point? Yes, but at the same time, this isn't like it's usually quarterbacks or like a superstar like Chase, right? Chase over it at um at the Bengals who are like, okay, I want to get re-signed now, and I want to be right re-signed now at the top of the market, and and so that's what you do. You do that for guys like Lamar Jackson, you know. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. You do it for those type of guys. I don't know that you're really doing that for running backs. You know what I mean? And so you're definitely not doing it for running backs that are coming off of a two-year impacted injury. And so, like, maybe if they're – to me, okay, if I'm the Ravens, this would make sense. Sure, let's do, like, a three-year deal where you're above Gus Edwards, so you're getting about $5 million a year, and you're not getting – what the top running backs get, which is most of the guys are in that $12 million range. Yeah. So Ravens are like, all right, we'll give you this extra, we'll give you this extra money, even though you haven't produced because we believe in you. But if JK Dobbins wants more than that, he's going to have to do what Jeff says in your next quote, which is go the Patrick Queen route and bet on yourself yeah. to make more. Yeah. And it's interesting because we had kind of drawn that comparison got to be weeks ago at this point yeah. right when when pq showed up and and you know kind of just put his his bet foot, best foot forward both on the field and also during his media obligations you know and took the high road and and um, basically said that you know he's he's here to compete and and similarly similarly to what we saw from Chuck Clark last year, probably actually less drama than what we saw last year from Chuck because Chuck actually started talking about the trade request and opening up about that during his media availability. Anyway, here's part two of that of that snippet of Jeff on J.K. Dobbins and the comparison now to PQ. It's not easy to be a running back, but I think it's a frustrating thing when you add all that stuff up for J.K. and where he is. And, you know, I, I kind of wrote this, but um, there was some frustration with Patrick Queen, too, this offseason. And I think when he realized his best chance to get a big payday was to play his butt off and have the best season of his career, he's in a great situation to do that with arguably the best middle linebacker in football next to him, a defense that knows – a defensive coordinator and a defense that knows how to play to Patrick Queen's strengths. He looks great. Um, I think he's in great position to make himself some money this year. You know, you never know about health and all that, but – I think JK is probably going to come to that same realization that, you know, my best just go out there. Uh, I think 
you know, let's hope they've heeded his advice from that after that playoff game and get him the ball in key situations. He's one of their top playmakers. And I think if they do that and J.K. stays healthy, he's going to have a really, really good year. Munkin loves throwing to his backs. I think that'll give J.K. an opportunity to showcase more of his game. I think things are definitely looking up there. But, yeah, J.K.'s an emotional guy, and there's no doubt there's some – kind of frustration that's been building over the last couple of years that I think we've seen on display, you know, in the last uh, seven, eight months and in a couple instances where it's on Twitter in the locker room after game. I kind of laughed there because he said, you know, let, let's hope they, they heed his advice. I loved how he used the word advice. JK sounding off on the coaching staff after the Bengals game, you know, and, and it just got me thinking like, there really have been, and he mentioned a few of these in the first clip, there have been so many examples over the last couple, really over the last few years that have just left JK in this almost, almost like it's like a perpetual stage of frustration, mm. you know, whether it was the decision to play him on that, you know, fateful day at land in, in Landover at FedEx field in a preseason game, or just his huge, his usage in general, the fact that he kind of had to, it was a running back by committee uh, rookie season for him with, with Mark Ingram and, and, and Gus and, and gosh, even justice was there. You know, there was a, a bunch of different rotating pieces then. And then of course the, the usage has been a problem for him in, in his mind, pretty much every single season. But then you have the fact that he, he has the, the game taken away from him for the torn ACL. Then last year, it's it's the hitch and the giddy up and the scope that's required. And he gets back from the scope and, oh, wait a second, he doesn't have his burst. He doesn't have his acceleration yet, yet he's still putting up numbers. But usage, again, and situational usage or lack thereof is frustrating, ultimately leading to, to the blow up that we mentioned. So it really has been a string of unfortunate circumstances for JK that I feel like perpetual frustration that's just something I stumbled upon right now off the cuff. But that's where I feel like J.K.'s been throughout his time in, in Baltimore. And I wonder where that leaves him uh, gearing up for a, a big year, obviously, needless to say. I think that's a really good word for it. I mean, a perpetually frustrated. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, he comes in his rookie year. He has a great rookie year, <clears throat> even while sharing the load with, with Mark Ingram. I thought that 2020 year, it's like, all right, the Ravens moved on from Mark Ingram. They're giving it, you know, they're giving it to J.K. Dobbins. And then, yeah, I mean, he could be upset that that John Harbaugh chose to, to play him. I still remember, you know, Harbaugh on the sideline talking to Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson after it happened. Like, he was still on the bench with them. He's like, he's just like, oh, my gosh. He's like, I just wanted to get one series with all the starters. I just want to get one series and both Lamar and Mark are like, you can't think of it that way, coach. We, you know, I, you know, we wanted it too. This is football, da, 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 da. Meanwhile, JK, I'm sure is not like, yeah, no, you shouldn't have put me in, you know, and it's, it's obviously, so you got that. And then, so he's probably frustrated with that decision. Uh, although I don't know if at the time, if he was like, you know, yeah, coach, let's do it. Let's do it for a series. Or if he was like, no, I don't want to do it. I mean, you know, obviously afterwards he's going to be upset and frustrated by it. And then, and then, you know, and I, and I agree with him that, that Tyler Huntley fumble, he was like, it shouldn't even have been in Tyler's hands. Like, why aren't you giving me the ball? And I agree in that situation. The only thing last year at that point that was put, you know, bringing JK Dobbins, the part that he wasn't 100% was his sixth year once he broke through the line. But when you're in the red zone, when you're one, one yard away, that doesn't matter. I mean, he, 
he had what he needed to have to, to maybe get the ball in that situation. So um, to your point, my heart goes out to him. Like it just has got to feel like three years in, I have nowhere, I have nowhere close to touched my potential, nowhere close. And then at the same time, from JK Dobbins point of view, it's like, because of that, because I was injured in a preseason game, I want more insurance than the million dollars or so that I'm getting in this, in this final year. So I 1000%, if I were him, I would also be approaching the Ravens and mean like, what can we do here? Now, from the Ravens' point of view, I'd be like, okay, from our point of view, we don't do the bell cow approach. Yeah. Most guys yeah. that are being paid $12 million are bell cows. Bell cow to the point that you can even expect because some of those places are still pass first. We don't do the bell cow approach. We have Lamar Jackson. And whether you want to like, say it was John Harbaugh's fault or not, that you got injured, the fact is, is that you have been injured. And so how could the Ravens justify giving him a huge new deal that puts him in the top 10? So that's why I agree with Jeff, where it's like JK is going to have to come to the realization that either, either he gets a Gus Edwards type deal, two years, maybe around 5 million, maybe, maybe six at, you know, or do you come to the Patrick Queen realization and say, you know what? I'm in the best position I can be in for to rush for a thousand yards. Ingram did it even with the ball being spread around in 2019. Um, I'm healthy. And if I do this, if I can get through this season, I'll get way more than five or 6 million and I'll get more long-term. I can get more guaranteed money, all of it. And so as frustrating as, as it is, if I were in JK's spot, if I was only going to be offered a JK Dob or a Gus Edwards type deal, maybe a little bit better than that is as rough as it's been the last two years. I think I would bet on myself and be like, here we go. I'm going to go for the long-term contract. Yeah. It's a, the harsh reality of like the, the running back market right now is that these guys are looked at. And I'm just talking about from a business side. I, I mean this with all due respect to JK, the competitor, JK, the, the running back, JK, the heart, the grit, everything he's brought to, to the NFL. But these guys are a dime a dozen in this market, you know? And, and so from, you know, if, if I'm making decisions business wise as Eric DaCosta or anybody within the front office, I know these guys have heart and they love these guys and they've brought and they've, they've drafted them. You know, they used, they used second round draft capital on JK and stunned the world, right? It was like somewhere in the fifties. I want to say 50 or 55, somewhere around that. I mean, nobody saw that coming, but, but unfortunately, you know, they, yeah, they, they are looked at as, as a dime a dozen. So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know if there's a more fascinating story to watch uh, unfold aside from, obviously continuing to watch how Lamar installs this new offense and how Odell looks and, you know, the new pieces, then how JK Dobbins is going to handle this. The last time that we covered JK Dobbins in a morning vault, it was Ian Rappaport confirming what we already believed to be true. And that that's JK is, is a hold in. He was a hold in during mandatory minicamp. And while he, yeah, he was dealing with some soft tissue setback, that that was basically a decision not to show up to manage, not to participate in mandatory minicamp, not out of health concerns, but out of contractual concerns. So I think that's something to monitor as we get ready for training camp. All right, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about something that's come across our desk in the last couple of days. And that is 
the debate. Who is the best new addition? Who will become the nest the the you know the best new addition for the 2023 Ravens? Who you got? Well, here's what's funny. If we did this last year in 2022, we wouldn't have even been able to predict who the best one was because it was Roquan, Roquan Smith. So, so obviously we have to leave open that, uh, that uh, there could be a midseason trade or, you know, right now there could still be new signings before training camp or during training camp and all that. So this is, this is kind of the list that I think that we have to work from. All right. So just to put it in, in fans' minds as they kind of think through it with us, who they think it might be. So the first was Todd Munkin. I, I'm going to put a coach coach in the list. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar. Okay, and then I've only got one defensive addition because they really haven't had to do too much there yet. I still think the signings for defense is, is coming. Um, so we have on defense, Rock Yassin. So I'm going to go with Todd Munkin. Um, I think that Todd Munkin will for sure have the biggest impact one way or the other, either this offense, you know, is going to become what we hope it's going to become, which is more balanced and unlock the passing game a little bit more and marry it, you know, better with the rushing, rushing attack. But I also feel like, you know, hopefully he's going to, yeah, unlock everything, unlock who Lamar is, is who we all think he can become who people have been complaining about that he's not just a rushing quarterback. He can, he's more of a legit passer, even though again, he led the league in passing touchdowns in 2019. So that's how, how can you not have, have a bigger impact than that? So, and then if he doesn't unlock any of that, then he'll still impact the offense big time. So I think he'll have the biggest impact. I also think, I don't know that the Ravens signed Odell Beckham jr. With Greg Roman still, yeah. Being the leader, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so that's why I put Todd Munkin ahead of him because I think that Todd was a key in getting OBJ. Obviously, Lamar's a key, but I also think that Todd Munkin was a key in – I think it's a domino effect, right? Todd Munkin helps get OBJ here, and OBJ helps get Lamar here. And Lamar also probably like the, the new offensive coordinator. So that's why I think – I don't even know that you bring in the other guys without Todd Munkin. The Vault is sponsored by Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. And I know for me, I've been rocking the prism black polarized lenses this summer, and I'm loving them so far. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run? Do you golf? Maybe you train, or perhaps you just want to look like Lamar Action Jackson. If any of the above is true, you got to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self. Really, it's an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. And here on The Vault, we're all about look good, feel good, perform good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. And hey, since it's officially summer, you may want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. So go visit oakley.com to find yourself a pair today. Oakley offers prism lens technology, which is a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye, but don't just trust Sarah and I. Try for yourself. 
I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can confidently say that Oakley's not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. So head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. That, that's hard to argue against. I was going to go with Odell from the sense that he, I didn't necessarily look at it as like a trickle down effect, but I think that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, chronologically speaking throughout the off season, you know, they kind of meticulously went about this. They went from being looked at as like, w- what are they doing? This off so one of the worst off seasons in the history of the franchise to like, wow, this, this actually may have been, the best out of the what 26 27 years that it's been you know that the organization's been around um but i just you know for the sake of variety i'll go with odell because you know i think from a gosh you want to talk about what he's going to do on the field i feel like we've covered this you know extensively recently whether it's just being that extension of of mark andrews you know a lifeline for lamar when when they need you know seven they need eight yards on third down trying to close out a game um you know trying to come back um you know in in the fourth quarter you name it i think he's going to be a great source you know and a great crutch for lamar I, i saw recently actually just earlier this week that Zay and Lamar are look to be in South Florida together. So perhaps with OBJ being down there, I think he has a fanatics commitment. You know, he and Michael Rubin are super close, the fanatic CEO. And, uh, and he was the, re- he was the one that actually we did a episode on, or at least we covered it at one point, his Jersey sales being through the roof. That was through um, fanatics measurements. Anyway, F- fanatics is having an event down in my, had a, an event, down at Miami in Miami this week and uh, DJ Khaled, as we covered and, and OBJ were, were spending some time together. So I would imagine that they're all working together at some point this week or in the, in the coming weeks down in Miami. So anyway, with, with all that said, I think OBJ's brand only lifts the Ravens brand as well. And I think while there, it will come with media scrutiny and, and attention, and I'm sure like this overwhelming commitment to following every single move the Ravens make this year, I think it really lifts the excitement and lifts um, the expectation. So from that sense, you know, the Ravens are in the national spotlight and they have been obviously for Lamar over, over the last couple of years with the contract dispute, but now it's on a whole new level. And I think that's exciting for Baltimore being that, you know, it's it's not a top tier market like, you know, the New York's and the L.A.'s um, and the Dallas's in, in the football world. You know, so um, to, to me, from an even an, if we want to talk like economically speaking, I find that especially as, as content creators, I find that exciting for us because there's going to be an attention span through the roof on this team. And from an interest standpoint, that that fires me up from uh, from what OBJ is going to bring. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree from like um, eyeballs and attention and jersey sales, all of that. Like he, OBJ will have a big impact. Obviously, I'm thinking more on, you know, impact on the field. And for OBJ, for me, I almost don't even care what he does during the regular season. I mean, I don't want him to get hurt and I want him to have, you know, I want him to be available. But to me, the impact that you need from OBJ is come December, come January, come February. Like to me, it's like that's that's what the Ravens need. They they can they've yeah. been able to make it to the playoffs uh, as long as Lamar is healthy by running the ball. But once they hit the playoffs and these defensive coordinators with better defenses, I mean, 
you're you're assuming that the defenses that make it to the to the playoffs they're they're the, some of the better defenses or you have a phenomenal offense in in KC um but you can't go in being a one trick pony in the in the postseason like you might get away with during the regular season and so to me that's what OBJ's here for he's like help us get over the top in the playoffs and I'll just add really quick while I am putting Todd Munkin ahead I and maybe if, if OBJ makes that difference in the playoffs, I almost might put Rakia Sin above OBJ again, regular season wise, because Rakia Sin, he's going to be out there. He's going to be, uh, I think, 100% snap guy or close to it 90, yeah. 90, 95%, 100. And so um, he's taken over that Marcus Peters role, and the Ravens are going to need him. The Ravens are going to need him to be solid. He doesn't need to be out of this world but they need him to be solid to just make sure that that defense can be good. So um, we'll see, but I think Rocky Singh could be in the conversation with OBJ for sure. I think that's a great, great point to finish on there because after Marlon and rock, we've already addressed the, you know, the well-documented questions about the rest of that cornerback room. And, you know, we talked about it in the mailbag coming up next week as well. Like who is going to be cornerback three? We, I think we, we both, believe there's a chance that he may not be on the roster right now, but you'll have to find more on, on, on that conversation coming up in next week's mailbag. Let's finish here. This is an interesting question that, that that's been posed. Where the heck are last year's sacks, uh, the, the sack production from guys who are not currently on the roster or elsewhere in Calais Campbell's case, where is last year's sack production that those guys contributed to? Where is that going to come from? Justin Houston had a team leading nine and a half sacks. Fountain of youth. We've said it a million times last year. Calais Campbell since departed. By the way, Justin's still on the free agent market, open and available. Calais in Atlanta now, left in free agency. Five and a half sacks. That tied for second on the team with Justin Matabike. Where are Where is this production going to come from? I don't know. David Ajabo, for all intents and purposes, is... This is his rookie season to expect him to come flying out of the gates. Still probably he's post rehab at this point, but he's not all that far removed from last year's torn Achilles to expect him to come out and fire double digit sacks to me would be certainly an opt optimistic approach to, to looking at, you know, their, their pass rush next year. I, to me, the easy way here before camp, before we really know what they're working with is that it's going to be a, a, a sack production by committee. That's what I go to first. How about you? Yeah. So I agree. I mean, David Ajabo, you can't just say, okay, Justin Houston's 9.5 sacks is going to go to what's essentially a rookie in David Ajabo. And if he did that, oh my gosh, we'd be dancing in the streets of Baltimore, right? If he got 9.5 yeah, and yeah. what's essentially his rookie year. So I don't know what's realistic for David Ajabo. Five or six? Six? That's what I was thinking. I think it'd be a, a good, if we were doing over-unders or whatever, you know, that, that would be, I think five and a half, six would be a good okay. fair number. Well, and I think that Odafe Owe, he had three last year. Uh, he's got to, he's got to get home more often. He's always been like so close yet so far away. He's got to finish. I mean, he'd have to come up with at least six. Um, now remember Clayus Campbell, his 5.5, that was tied with Justin Matabike. Um, and so I don't know. Can you expect more than 5.5 from Matabike? I feel like that's a solid number. 
So I don't know yeah. that he's going to, he's certainly not going to double it to make up for, for Clayus Campbell. Uh, you've got Travis, Travis Jones. He's going to be relied upon more often to help make up for those, those Clayus Campbell sacks. Roderick Washington kind of in there. Uh, Brent Urban, you know, might have to do some stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm especially interested in what Travis Jones could bring uh, for sure. And then, to be honest, I just want to re-sign Justin Houston. And, you know, I, I'm not expecting him. But if he came back and provided another five instead of the 9.5, then between yeah. him between him and Ojabo, you could make up the rest of those. Um, but I would still like to see the Ravens, either whether it's Houston, JPP, uh, who else is out? I just feel like they need to sign another veteran because if these two these two young guys in Odafeoe and Ojabo, if they're not, you know, pushing their numbers high up and, and getting this type of production, then you are going to need a veteran, whether it's Justin Houston, JPP. Who, who else is on the market? I know there's like several guys out there still. Clowney. Jadavian Clowney oh, still yeah. out there. Jadavian Clowney. So, um yeah, so I would still like to see them add another veteran to help help come up with some of these sacks. But I think it, it just isn't like easy math. You can't just say, okay, I, you know what I mean? And so that's actually, yeah. I, I know we're talking a lot about corner, but I'm still a little bit nervous. You know, I'm still a little bit nervous about yeah. where these sacks are going to come from, you know, because in my, it, you just, I just, when you think of the defense, I think of Roquan and Patrick Queen solid right there. I think of, um, I think of uh, Kyle Hamilton and uh, Marcus and Marcus. Yeah. Yes. So you're like, okay, solid, but we got to rush the passer here. Those guys can't be covering forever. We got to rush the passer. And so um, this is a legit, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it's like alarm, alarm levels, but I think this is something that we need to keep an eye on. And just to make me feel more comfortable, I'd like them to re-sign a Justin Houston type guy. I'm totally with you. Yeah. And I think Tyus Bowser can probably be relied upon for several as well. But to think that I would say, you know, who you singled out, Travis Jones, you know, aside from David Ajabo, I would say Travis is the most intriguing for what kind of step he can take in year two. But I'm not comfortable in singling one guy out specifically. It doesn't sound like you are either. That's going to be, you know, the double digit guy. I, I don't know if they need a double digit guy. It sure would be awesome to see somebody emerge as that guy. Uh, but if they come in bunches and if three, four, five, six guys can, you know, record anywhere between four and six throughout the season, then, you know, maybe that'll justify not having, you know, your surefire guy that's going to be in that double digit category. So cornerback uh, depth and who's going to be, you know, the, the premier pass rusher and get home to the quarterback are, are two questions that are definitely going to be at the top of mind going into the season. And in a training cap, and just as a quick note, Tyus Bowser, uh, you know, he, he was injured a bit. But he he only had two sacks last year. He is more of a coverage guy. He like drops back in coverage. But yeah. I would like to see him bring that number up and maybe hit five himself. Yeah, yeah, he has been he has been banged up and he's not getting any younger. But it'd be nice to see him because um, he's you're right. He, he's versatile and they do have him dropping back, which is crazy when you look at his size. But it just speaks to his versatility. So. With that, we are closing down the month of June and we appreciate you for rocking with us during what was, I would say, 
relatively slow month. I mean, there was some content out there, but considering what the rest of the off season's been, it felt slow. So I know we're, we're excited to get some, some R and R some time with family, a little bit of travels under our belts here in the next week or so we will have content coming up the week of July 4th. There's going to be at least three episodes. So be on the lookout for those. And then we'll be back, you know, obviously in, in daily format, ready to rip um, Monday, July 10th. And at that point, you know, we'll just be a couple of weeks out from the start of training camp. So as always, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at Baltimore Ravens vault at gmail.com. Check out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. You can find all that information in the description of this podcast, in the description of this YouTube video, wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening from. And as always, we would love to hear more from you uh, feedback wise, whether that is uh, dropping a rating or review wherever you listen to the show, whether that's just simply subscribing to our YouTube channel, hitting that little notification bell underneath the video so you're notified when we drop our episodes. All these little things help us. And hopefully, if we're, you know, if you're going to help us, we want to help you as well. Uh, you know, well, we're going to help you regardless. We'd love for you to help us as well. But uh, all right, partner, let's head off into vacation. I'm looking forward to it. I know you are as well. I hope you have a great time with your family and, and you and I will catch up. I'm sure. I mean, come on, we're, we're still going to be talking over the fourth and stuff but can't go multiple days without seeing you or talking to you well i've never even met you in person hopefully we get that done at some point this summer but um i hope you and the family have a great fourth same to you bobby i'm sure we'll be texting but it's gonna be weird not talking several hours every day so enjoy it i know you deserve some time off i've already had a couple vacations i know this will be your first big one hey you do the same i'm looking forward to it you know i'm gonna get you back uh by week i already got my flights booked to, to rome to visit the bro so it'll be good and and uh we we just wanted to thank you guys and um and have a great holiday week with you and yours so for my partner sarah ellison i'm bobby trossett signing off from this friday morning vault edition june is now over july is forthcoming and we can't wait to spend it with you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.